here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Round table. Um, I'm Arnold Furious. I'm with Ollie Court. Hey there. As per usual. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try and keep it fairly brisk today. Uh, we're going to talk about Progress's most recent chapter. And we're obviously very, very, very fired up for WXW and 16 Carats. So we'll be talking about that as well. And possibly a couple of other things, but yeah, time permitting. Uh, so we're going to go right into it. No mucking around. <laughs> no, <laughs> no banter. And straight yeah, into chapter 44, Old Man Yells at Cloud. Um, so this this dropped, like uh, I think, in record times. It landed on the Friday. It's normally like the Sunday. Yeah, normally so like I've, Sunday or Monday after. But yeah, quick turnaround this time, which is always good. I don't know if they've had people complaining about that, but uh, it's it's always nice to for it to drop at the start of the weekend. Then you can kind of plan yeah. it somewhere. <laughs> Sunday night is always a bad time. So uh, the show kicked off with uh, James Drake against Damon Moser. Um, Damon had an unfortunate uh, accident in this match and had his jaw broken. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Unfortunate accident makes it sound like he pooed himself or something. I, <laughs> I think that's a bit more severe than just unfortunate accident. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, James uh, kind of clocked him with a uh, like a big elbow in the corner. Yeah, and, right at the right. start as well. So you just didn't uh, didn't see it coming. Maybe I, I don't know. Something went wrong. But uh, the, the weird thing was, uh, like he was clearly hurt uh, in the match because, like, I think they finished early. Yeah, and it was very he definitely, quick. He definitely talked to the referee about it afterwards, saying, look, I'm, I'm hurt. But um, he was in the pub afterwards. <laughs> like, like after the show, he was he was in the bar. I saw him. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to kind of take the edge off the pain, didn't realise it was uh, as severe as it was. But uh, yeah, he's, he ended up in hospital. Uh, any thoughts on this? Set? It was a very brief match. It was yeah, a very of quick, and actually probably to its benefit because like they started brawling on the outside and pretty much just kept brawling until the finish. Um, so it stayed very high energy throughout. 
um, never slowed down, um, good intro to the show, and, like, obviously, because there were a whole load of matches on the show, this one could never have taken up that much time, so it, it got out of the way early, and it was fun while it lasted. It was a long show. I, yeah. I was surprised <laughs> at how long the show was. Um, so that, that was over pretty quick, and then we moved on to Natural Progression Series 4, first round match of Dahlia Black against Martina. Um, Martina uh, hasn't always been my cup of tea, and I think there's, there's quite a few people that feel the same way, but she was really in her environment in this match. Yeah, progress crowd definitely warmed to her. Yeah. Everything from like the entrance music to the, the glow sticks... <laughs> and then, like her behaviour when she started in there, that mixing it up with uh, with Jim Smallman and Chris. Did they uh, hand out the glow sticks, especially for her? Or... They were handed out. Yeah, um, yeah. a guy came around with a lot of glow sticks, and uh, Jim said, "These are for use in match number two. <laughs> as, as in, don't start waving them around immediately as soon as Damon Moser walks out. We, yeah, you have to save them." But no, it created a lovely little atmosphere there, though, for and uh, it was a very strong debut, I thought. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm into Martina right now. Um, obviously, she's coming off the OTT shows where she was <laughs> somewhat of a headline act. I mean, the shows were named after her. Um, obviously, she's never going to be an amazing wrestler, but she's got antics coming out the wazoo. Um, <laughs> she's... Is that what she keeps them? <laughs> yeah. I thought that's where she kept her cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes, um, yeah, whatever Antics. else has got hidden down there. Antics. <laughs> All the gimmicks. Um, and yeah, is doing really good stuff as well. She always has done. Um, they both played off of each other really well. I'm, I'm very much enjoying the, the beer mist getting sold like death. Yeah, that's the, the 4% mist. Yeah, uh, I thought they had really good chemistry for like I, th- I think it's the first time they've wrestled. I'm not entirely sure, but for like a first time at the at the box, I thought they did really well. Uh, TK Cooper, his antics in this were uh, special as well. The way he was selling stuff, um, especially yeah, Martina riding him on the floor, and mm-hmm. uh, that there was some genuinely funny stuff going yeah. on there. Touching Martina was sold like death as well. (laughs) (laughs) Martina's lovely. I I actually got the chance to talk to her after the show. I talked to Damon Moser and I talked to Martina. Uh, Martina's really nice, like like super super friendly. Yeah, she comes across as it on her um, like interviews on the OTT YouTube, the in bed with the Martina stuff. Yeah, she's she's definitely on the uh, on the good side of. Of wrestling personalities, so with mm-hmm. some of them that have that kind of out uh, outgoing gimmick, you're never quite sure what they're going to be like in person because I don't know. There's, there's so I've had bad experiences with people who are outgoing in the ring, but outside of it, they're just kind of they don't want to amuse anyone. They're just what am I a clown? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like they're just going to shut down a bit. But uh, no, she was bright and bubbly and friendly mm-hmm. the, the the whole night long. So. Uh, yeah, bit big up to Martina, big fan. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really good match. I, I really enjoyed that. The match after that was uh, Travis Banks against Jordan Devlin. And 
I was really excited to see this because Travis has been doing incredibly good work sort of hidden away almost in uh, the South Pacific power trip. If you know what I mean? It's like he yeah, hasn't been his exactly... second, second fiddle to by nature of um, TK Cooper and Dahlia wearing the face off of each other. Like, I think you're supposed to think Travis Banks is a bit in the background um, so that they can push him forward at a later time, which seems to yeah, be what they're almost, doing now. He was almost a sidekick at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he totally pushed to the forefront. Um, a crowd immediately embraced him. I think having him against somebody as as hated as Jordan Devlin helped, um, especially <laughs> with the amount of mockery that was going on. Devlin, Devlin's doing great stuff. Um, he walks into a room and everyone already hates him. Um, I, partly because WWE helped him get that exposure. Um, they got over his heel character really well, and now he can use that in any new place he debuts in. But uh, <laughs> how can you like that face? <laughs> his Lego head. <laughs> Not uh, a rootable face. No, um, I just can't imagine him as a as a baby face. He's just he's just so sour looking, <laughs> and he was for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, he was in Ireland for for quite a long time, yeah. and then they kind of turned him quite recently. I I really can't imagine it there though. It's one of those things where <laughs> when somebody turns heel, you just can't imagine them as a face, and it's yeah. one of them things. Yeah, really strong match. Um, easily the best of the first three matches here. Um, Travis Banks, I thought, looked a bit better than Devlin. Like, Devlin didn't quite look on the level of Banks, but Banks is, like, probably world-class now. Um, and it, just every match he's in is really good. So, um... Like, there was, there was strong work from Banks both of them. Uh, like, technically, it was very, very good. Um, I thought the strikes in this were, were just on point. Yeah. Everything looked right. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Um, well, I mean, really like the, the Banks selling of Devlin strikes early on, he was like flummoxed and that completely out of it. I thought that was really yeah, it good. Was, it was the uh, Enziguri as well, the one that um, yeah. he'd done in the uh, the tournament against um, Martin Stone. Mm-hmm. He kicked him in the back of the head and opened him up. Now he's starting to use that as a, as a killer move now, which is yeah, it's kind of good storytelling between promotions. But uh, yeah, because Travis went down like. like face first into the canvas off that and stayed there for some time yeah it's amazing how um despite everyone saying that devlin was crap in the wwe tournament that he's now more over than ever and like he's gotten mm. parts of his personality and like his like that move specifically very very over because of that tournament um like <laughs> just the way he he worked out from that tournament like he everyone said that he was terrible and like chinlock city um in the match with Stone, but he got the character over, so... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's come out, out smelling like roses. Yeah. But uh, this is kind of the, the... Like, if you'd only seen him in that, that tournament, and you'd only seen him in those couple of matches where it wasn't in any way a showcase for him, um, I think this is the kind of match where you can watch him and see what he's actually capable of. Yeah. Um, very, very good match. And he, <laughs> I think he was kind of enjoying the abuse he got. <laughs> it, it was there was some quality abuse. <laughs> yeah, they let him have it with the face. Uh, what is it about Irish people coming into progress and, and having one thing fixated on? 
Katie Harvey's sleeve and now Jordan Devlin's too big of a face. Too, he's massive head. <laughs> that uh, You're going to get your massive head kicked in. Yeah, that was um, a good, good remix. That, uh, that was Galazzo Dan. Because ah. uh, I, I was standing next to him and he started it. <laughs> and I went to join in and discovered that I couldn't because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't actually get the words out. But uh, it, it caught on in the end. But uh, yeah, credit to uh, Galazzo for that one. I also enjoyed uh, TK Cooper's picture of Dahlia uh, because Dahlia yes. was obviously resting up from a previous match. <laughs> yeah, him kissing the he picture. Then, he then that. kissed to the camera um, the picture <laughs> in the way that only he can do. That was stupendous. Yeah. And, yeah. And he, he'd still got it at the end as well. He came out to, to celebrate <laughs> and he'd still got the picture. Even though Dahlia was now yeah. Yeah. That was fun stuff. Um... So yeah, that, that was a really good match. Um, tough to follow, um, but they went with the the whole Sebastian William Eva thing. Uh, this felt like it was kind of over at, at Thunderbastard because of um, like Eva finally like turning on Sebastian and like saying he'd, he'd had enough of his shit and slapping him and stuff. And yeah. it felt like it was over. Um, so they kind of continued the angle here to its logical conclusion with. Uh, Sebastian going to punish Eva for him um, I, I guess not following him uh, at the last show and out comes Chuck Mambo to tell him that uh, he's, he's basically free because Sebastian didn't press any charges for the uh, the alleged assault in, in Brixton and the statute of limitations had expired basically he couldn't press charges because it happened too long ago he was referring to a comic book throughout (laughs) yes (laughs) yes that was some top uh, top legal work Um, uh, so that that was uh, like basically there to to set up the match that they had Um, and I get the feeling that this and it was kind of a bloodbath that this was the match that they was going to have in Brixton um, in the first place, so I don't know if you remember Brixton. They changed the canvas. They had the canvas for changed, uh, like after this match, yeah, or this match as it would have been in Brixton. So we kind of speculated that there was going to be a lot of blood in that match, and that's why they'd had it ready and then changed it. Okay, yeah, that would probably make sense. And there was a lot of blood here, so um... there was there was quite a lot. And it, it was the match was definitely made better because of it. Sometimes in wrestling, having the crimson mask makes things that much more impactful, and uh, Liam Eva wore it very, very well. And I thought yeah. Liam Eva's performance here was very strong. Like, um, just the images of him, um, like finally defeating Sebastian, getting the monkey off his back, covered in blood, and like <laughs> he's got the right face for it with all that hair, and like um, he <laughs> he can appear very sympathetic. Um, so at the end of all this, I think he has been. Well? Oh yeah, like he he probably took a caning. Um, it, it, kind, I... it kind of reminded yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Ginny versus Pollyanna when they used the cane and like whipped each other to hell. Um, similar similar scenario there. Because this was really violent. But, um, I don't know if it even came across that well on on VOD. But like when he was uh, when Sebastian was caning Eva, the like the cane was just shattering and bits of it were flying yeah. all over the building and 
and, and those lacerations that he had on his back were, were just horrific. I don't think it really showed up just how bad they were on the on tape. Suffering for the art. Um, so, it, oh, yeah, yeah. All, all applauds go to William Eva. Um, Sebastian took a hell of a bump, though, off of the uh, crucifix into the crowd. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, I, I was in a, the, like, the usual standing spot that we're normally in. Yeah. And, uh, like... I couldn't see either side, so all I saw was um, like Eva going past with Sebastian above him, <laughs> like just just running past in front of me. And then he's yeah. like, "Where's he gone?" <laughs> and then there's this massive like, "Oh!" As he got went flying into the uh, into the crowd. Uh, that so, was like, I'm like five six rows deep there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was fairly significant a fall. Um, so the big spots in this match were very strong and looked very good. Uh, everything linking them was complete nothing, I thought. <laughs> it's just, Sebastian is not a good wrestler. No, um, I'd say this is probably his best match, but it was mainly because of all the, the brutality the that was yeah. contained. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the spots were good, everything, yeah. I, Sebastian definitely has value, but he, he's just, I'd get him out of a ring, make him a manager, and then attacking him would mean a hell of a lot more. Um, just I I don't know why he's wrestling because he's just not very good at it. And if he's supposed to be like the wind up merchant, who they never can quite get to him, never quite gets his comeuppance, that would work a lot better as a manager. Um, whereas in, as a wrestler, he just gets his ass kicked and yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, the, the match was not without issues. Like as you say, the um, transitions in it were were pretty ugly. The bumping again uh, was suspect. I, I don't know what else to say. It's like, like you say, he's not particularly good as a wrestler, but this was a really good match in spite of that. <laughs> it was it was as good as it was ever going to be. Like they clearly planned this out well in advance and knew exactly what they wanted to achieve, and they got the images they needed to and made it impactful. And it's a good end to a terrible story. <laughs> oh. And I like the uh, the way they kind of uh, avoided a possible continuation of the story because the uh, it all came about because of the lariat. So after the he'd hit the lariat and he pinned him, did you notice he put him in the recovery position? Put him in the recovery position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another another little good image there. Um, yeah. It's all those little things like that that make wrestling. They clearly planned this one out, and they did a very good job planning it out. Just <laughs> as a wrestling match, um, it was kind of nothing. But as a series of pictures, <laughs> a series of images burnt into my head. Yeah, very strong stuff. Um, not a fan of Sebastian on Twitter, though, um, calling all the crowd pedophiles. <laughs> well, he specifically called me a pedophile. Yes. <laughs> not sure how you feel about that, but uh, I, know, I know. Obviously, he's just it is what it is. He's bantering it up and charactering it up, but it still feels a bit iffy to, you know, throw those well, terms around at fans. Well, I was kind of... Because, uh, you know, he, he had the whole nonce thing in Birmingham. Do you remember that? Mm. Where, uh, like, at the Birmingham show, he, he called a fan a nonce, and uh, I think it was on mainly on the uh, the Facebook group. They were uh, kind of moaning about it, saying you shouldn't <laughs> use words like that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he's, he's a heel. He'll use words like that. Um so at the start of, of this, when they're doing the whole contractual thing with Chuck Mambo, and there's a big pause, 
um, I yelled, uh, you're a nonce, <laughs> which um, you can hear that on the VOD. So <laughs> I, I kind of, I'd, I'd kind of given him the abuse. So he ended up giving it me back completely yeah. unintentionally, but um, it, it is what it is. I was hidden behind the big red pillar. <laughs> yeah, I just happened to be there at the time. Uh, he's, he's not, just, not, like, not actively well, avoiding Sebastian. Going to the bar. I'd gone to I'd gone to the bar. I, I was just enjoying <laughs> enjoying my beverage and okay. uh, leaning against the wall. But then the match started, and I kind of moved around and watched it. So, uh, and also I saw him in the pub afterwards, and. Um, uh, like Ed was there. Uh, Ed had posted the the picture up that kind of got me in trouble with him. Yeah, and yeah, he he was just sort of along from me on the on the on my right, and I was still standing there, kind of ignoring him with the drink. Uh, so Ed pointed out that I was the guy in the in the picture, and he just turned around, and looked at me, and went said something about, "Well, you paid the money to see me anyway." And I was like, "Okay," and that was that was it. But he was he was still working and yeah, I, yeah, Sebastian works everywhere. He went into the toilet um one time and was like um yeah <laughs> telling telling everyone off for looking at his dick and et cetera et cetera, doing all the banter. Yeah, I don't, I don't have he, an issue. With <laughs> he's a one hundred percent worker. Twitter, real life, wherever. Um, but I don't know. It just feels wrong to you know start throwing stuff around at the fans outside of the wrestling venue. Uh, well, as as somebody who who should be slighted by by what he said, I'm not. So, yeah, it, it, it is the it is. end of the story, though. But Eva and Sebastian, and we still Finally. don't know what the secret is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> is it the same as, as Shane McMahon's locked box? Yeah, <laughs> was it was in the, the locked box. The, the anonymous raw GM. Um, consign it to history. Put a fork in it. <laughs> Let, let's never speak of this story again. <laughs> I wonder if it was that uh, he was behind GTV. <laughs> no, it was Goldust, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> we talked about that for longer than I thought we would. Yeah. Um, so obviously that was a big feud blow off, and I talked about how um, like it was difficult to follow the Travis Banks Jordan Devlin match because it was really good, but then in the same way it was difficult to follow Eva and Sebastian because it was so emotional. Um, so they kind of switched back again and had uh, another match that was just exceptionally good, which was Mark Andrews and Shane Strickland. Uh, did you enjoy this one? I definitely did enjoy this one. Um, it had very good progression. Like it, they, came, you, they came out and you would expect a whole bunch of flippy shit to start off and then them to sort of wind it down. Instead, they, they started it by doing very technical stuff and slow-paced stuff. It's like a um, filling I, out process. I, I, I really enjoyed that because you rarely see that from two flyers. Usually they go all out right at the start and then sort of slow down in the middle of the match. Um, and here they, they built the whole match up from that, that low point. That, or not low point, but like um like that slow pace and they built the pace up rather than sort of doing a valley. Yeah, it was very well structured, the match. Yeah. Uh, it was very... The uh, I've talked about how... Um, uh, like matches can be good regardless of how good the wrestlers are in them, but when you've got two wrestlers who are very good at a certain style, if they attempt harder things, then that makes it more impressive. And some of the things that like the, the level of difficulty that was involved in what they were <laughs> doing here was incredibly high. Yeah, 
the chances of something going horribly wrong were, were just constant. But their timing was so on point, especially the, like, yeah, the really ending. Good. It ended at exactly the perfect time. The crowd was absolutely roaring um, yeah, in that last that nice. 30 seconds or so. Like, definitely a very well-structured match. Um, Strickland flipped <laughs> out of the uh, a reverse Super Rana. Like, he flipped <laughs> out of it and landed on his feet. Yeah. Then he goes and, for his finish. That's counted. And then the SSP does it, so... And it's all really about flowing stuff. from one to the other. There wasn't any like dead air. Yeah, yeah. It was just <laughs> it was just one fluid motion, basically. Yeah, well, that was pretty much the whole match. Like there was so yeah. many like <laughs> sequences where the, where that happened, and everything kind of flowed from one thing to another, and it just all made sense. It was a really enjoyable match. I thought it was the best match on the show. Yeah, I would probably agree. Uh, like this was the the super indie match. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to have Strickland at uh, Orlando. Like that's a possibility. Yeah. He's doing a yeah, that's... pro show, but just, just afterwards, uh, Jim Smallman asked him if he'd come and hang around with them. Ah, that. okay. That was just after the match. I don't know if you. Yeah, I must have skipped over it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. So um, he he should be there. I'm sure they've advertised him as well on on, on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, so that was that. Uh, that was the first half. Uh, it ran really long. I took like an hour and forty, I think. Um, so I thought like they'd start the second half off with something really like quick and short, like they did the first half. But um, it was Nathan Cruz and El Ligero. It actually ran quite long. It was like over ten minutes. Yeah, I think it might have been the longest match on the show, actually. Yeah, I'd, it seemed to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> And, but I, I like it because really long it and... started off like you'd expect an Illigero, um Origin Banter Edition match to go, and then in the last five ten minutes, it it evolved into something actually pretty good and like like in, on a work rate sense, like it was a, a load of fun and games to start off with, and then Ligero realized, well, actually, I want to beat the shit out of this guy, um, <laughs> and they really started going hard. Yeah, there, there was a lot of pissing about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including Chancel piss about <laughs> uh, bag of Haribo. The um, guy taping his thumb up, like uh, trying to do the Amaga thing with the Samoan spike. Yeah, thumbs up Samoan spike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the the whole thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, Batista thing, and uh, and then his, he had his mask ripped off at the end. So um, yeah, it, <laughs> there's a lot zero to hundred. In terms of intensity, for a match that started off with uh, Ligero calling himself a cross between Jush and Thunder Liger and an otter, <laughs> um, something I want to talk about here, and that's Chris Roberts. Okay, Roberts is, is usually completely incompetent. That's his character; like he's useless. <laughs> he can't do yeah. anything right, and yet, like during this show, he constantly did the right thing. So he stops Sebastian from attacking uh, William Eva with with the kendo stick. Yeah, and in this match, uh, yeah, in this match he stopped a chair shot, like, <laughs> like dragging it off Cruz and getting it out of the way. It was he had like a good night, clearly. Good referee, yeah. He took a bravery pill. Something like that, yeah. I just, I, I don't know if it was uh, on purpose because it seemed to be a, like a running theme throughout the evening, but. Um, yeah, well, he did um, miss Martino pinning uh, Dahlia. So he, he wasn't did, completely then, incompetent. <laughs> he did have a lot of Stella in his eyes at the time. Yeah. So. 
It's a strong beverage. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was really uh, interesting that mm. um, that that changed on on this night. And he was like a babyface referee for Attack recently to oppose the evil heel uh, Shay Purser. Look at those rosy cheeks. You can't trust a man like that. Yeah. Oh, no. No way. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he's booked going forwards because he's as important as anyone else in the ring. Uh, the things that he does make sense to a, to a certain um, yeah. perspective. So, he, de- uh, he definitely adds to matches, I think. He's a, he's a top referee. Yeah. I, I do make fun we, of we give him a because, of like, <laughs> he, he does miss so many things, but the way that yeah. he does it is extremely well done. Yeah, he, he's, um, he's a very animated man. <laughs> I did want to bring up um, Nathan Cruz. His win-loss ratio in progress must be absolutely in the pits because <laughs> he never wins, oh. ever. Like, he always gets his... He's like Chris Jericho. He's like, he gets his heat back immediately. Um... But he never actually wins his matches. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw him win. Uh, I guess it was when they were the tag team champions. That was him and yeah. Liguero. <laughs> that was like a year ago. <laughs> it was well, it would have strong style, wasn't it? They lost the belt, so it's coming up on a year, ten months. That's quite a long time. And he's—I don't think he's—he's he's certainly not won in singles in ages. I guess they—they uh, they won at Brixton, didn't they? The, um, yeah. That's about it, I think, though, <laughs> for Nathan Cruz. Uh, well, it's credit to him that he's still got all the heat. Yeah. Because he, he has still got it all, and um, people do still buy him as a as a, as a top card guy, so might as well. Might as well carry on <laughs> uh, jobbing him out. Taking the piss out of him. Uh, so that was third from top. Um, after that was Zach Gibson and Jack Sexsmith. Um, this coming on the back of the Thunderbastard match where Sexsmith was eliminated by Gibson after having a really good run. Um, he's, he's definitely improved, hasn't he, Jack? Oh, yeah. Like I think something's clicked a little bit with him. Obviously, they've kind of rejigged his character a little bit um, away from the comedy stuff. Uh, obviously, he's still got a little bit of that in him, but it's less overt. His matches aren't signalled as comedy matches anymore. He's definitely got that emotion behind him now. Um, and he's delivering in the ring, I think. Uh, he's obviously not like on the top tier or anything. But the level of like emotion he shows in the ring, very easy to get behind. And he's getting over right now. Yeah, he's got an awful lot of sympathy and it's very easy to get yeah. behind him. Doing um, excellent like... stuff. Excellent selling right now. <laughs> yeah, the selling, the bumping, um, the timing of his kickouts, I think, is phenomenal. The way he yeah. gets that shoulder up at the last second, it, he he can ragdoll very well. Like <laughs> he he can just look like he's dead at certain points. There there are people who have made entire careers out of this. Yeah, like if if you're really good at selling, then chances are everybody is going to want to work with you because they want to get all their shit in. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I I can see him being very popular with with the other boys, just because of the way that he works at the moment. Maybe not for sticking a condom in their mouth, but um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> all the other off. stuff. <laughs> He'll sell if he gets to put a condom in in your mouth. So yeah, I I really enjoy watching him. I thought this was a bit. Uh, drawn out, but uh, I did enjoy all the near finishes. Um, 
Gibson again getting a, a, a huge amount of heat before. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> I think people were worried that uh, if they if Progress didn't put the title on him, that that heat was going to wane a little bit. But uh, Jesus, how long has it been now? And that he's still getting the same reaction. Yeah, definitely. I think they may have to pull the trigger at some point, um, just to buy him as a threat. But like they they've protected him very well. Like he's always there or thereabouts. Just hasn't quite got over the line yet. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him because he certainly his in ring is 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 extremely strong. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't say it was a carry job here, uh, but he the, during the Thunder Bastard match, I thought there was a notable difference in in uh, quality between what Gibson was doing and what Sexsmith was doing, and I think Gibson was very clever in this match in the way that he kind of leveled that playing field, and it was it was subtle. And I know Jack stepped up as well, but um, Gibson kind of reduced what he was doing just a little oh, bit, yeah. just to make it more believable. And um, I, I thought they had a, a really solid match because of it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Definitely really liked the finish as well of Gibson just chucking him out of the ring, helter-skeltering him on the outside and leaving him to the count out. Like, he wasn't even good enough to be pinned. But that I just also got sick subtle. of the kickouts as well. It was... <laughs> yeah. That also subtly protects Jack, though, because obviously he didn't get pinned. He kicked out with a helter skelter, um, and yeah, like it protects him as well as making Gibson look like a prick. So double good stuff. Um, I will say I found it odd that the commentary were like with Jack's new nickname of the pansexual phenomenon, and they were saying that's why everyone calls him the pansexual phenomenon, <laughs> even though this was the oh. first show. Um, he'd used that name. <laughs> I just, I, that was like, um, I can't remember Co when Kofi Kingston suddenly had a new name, um, something sensation or something. And the commentary were like trying to get it over as well. Everyone, all the cool kids are saying it. It reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, you, you do get that in wrestling though, because you want to get something across. And if you don't mention it, then it's not going to yeah. get over. But, uh, I just yeah, found it funny. I thought I'd mention it. <laughs> Um, I, I was spot I really enjoyed in this match, uh, and this it's a bit of a, a risky line for them to be treading. But uh, when they had Jack get the crowd to literally support him by dragging Zach Gibson into the ring post, groin first. If I'm Zach Gibson, I really don't want to take that spot. No, because you don't know who's in the crowd. <laughs> well, we saw hey. who one of the people dragging him was. <laughs> yes. Not gonna he mention who shall names. not be named. <laughs> he who half me blocked. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th I thought that was a bit of a, a, a risky decision, but um, it did kind of play into Jack's whole uh, character in that um, man of the people. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's like in football, he's got the whole twelfth man behind yeah. him. He's got that crowd support, and that was a way of of actually demonstrating that in, yeah, in the flesh. I, I, I progress a lot about visualizing things and getting that big visual over, and they definitely did that there, even if <laughs> it may have been a little bit dangerous. I, Zach Gibson was fine, so <laughs> we don't need to complain about that or anything. Oh, no, not complaining. I, I thought yeah. it was a really clever spot, but at the same time, it's not something I'd suggest wrestlers do on a regular basis, because that is asking for trouble, really. Uh, I think you probably get away with it in progress because of the the, the nature of the fans, but they also are quite drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of putting your 
your life or, or balls in this case in their hands. Like I say, I wouldn't do it. Um, so that just leaves the main event. Uh, British Strong Style against Jimmy Havoc, Mark Haskins and Flash Morgan Webster. The stipulation on this match is that uh, if any of the uh, the face trio got a pinfall or submission, uh, that they would get a title shot. And when I was reading the stipulation, I was trying to figure out what that meant, whether it was a title shot at whoever's title they pinned. So if they uh, like if they beat Trent Seven, would that be a tag title shot? I didn't really follow it, but I think it was just supposed to be a progress title shot. Yeah, they never really made made it clear, but it kind yeah, of not, pinpointed not really, no. that Pete Dunne would be getting pinned. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't really explain that too well. And also, the other the other side of the stipulation was if the, uh, one of the the three faces got pinned, they couldn't have a title shot for six months, which uh, brought us up to September and Brixton. So I thought. Well, that's that's what'll happen then. Like somebody will lose, and that puts them out of the title pitch for six months. They get built back up. Title shot at Brixton makes sense, right? So they, they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do that. Yeah, I think it's really weird. The six, like, why do that that six month stipulation and then just don't do anything with it? It just seemed a bit strange. Put some stakes um, on the match, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but if it was that, then why not just say, oh, a year? <laughs> Make it to get people seem... talking and wondering and thinking. Yeah, because like six months, it just seemed very deliberate, like it was there to set up Brixton to me. Yeah, make... red herring. <laughs> Obviously. Um, were you happy with the outcome here? Because uh, like Pete Dunn being pinned by Jimmy Havoc, that's... Havoc at the title again because they've already done that once. Yeah, we've already had it, haven't we? Um, I mean, they're doing it no DQ, so that should be a much better match than what they had just in singles. Now, that was an okay match, but like severely dampened by the DQ finish. Um, and obviously, Jimmy Havoc's in his element in the death match. I would have preferred seeing a Haskins or a Flash Morgan Webster get the shot. Straight out of the game. Yeah, I, I kind like, of I, I, that... thinking Webster especially because you could afford to have him lose, and he would have yeah. to kill a match with Pete Dunne. That's what really... I thought was going to happen. I thought yeah. Webster wins because, like, he's the only one that hasn't held the belt. It would make sense for him to be getting a shot. You know, he's not going to win it, but it should have been a good match. It would have been like one of these matches that would have slotted in nicely in between. Because uh, obviously, I don't think they're going to change the belt this side of, of strong style. I don't think. Mm, I don't think so. I've, maybe Will Ospreay interjects himself in possibly in Orlando. In the Havoc I, I don't know. match. I'm I'm not sure. Not sure what's going on there. Um, we'll I thought the match was pretty see. good. <laughs> yeah, the match was very much a progress main event in every sense. Like just a lot bunch of guys going out there and doing absolutely everything. Um, like ending yeah, the show no with a really high note. No rules. Yeah. <laughs> No tags, no rules, just a car crash. Um, I don't really like the British Strong Style spots where they do all the same moves at the same time. I, it just seems too gimmicky, I guess. But other oh, than man. that, like everyone was flying could, all over like the Once would have been fine. Yeah, but if it was like an extended once. sequence. Yeah, that, it was that like two minutes three of times. the match. <laughs> um, um, an issue that I had here was that really early in the match, they'd made it about... Uh, Havoc, Haskins and Webster all wanted to win. 
So they were breaking up each other's moves because they all wanted to get the pin. And then they kind of took that idea, which I thought was quite interesting, and just kind of threw it away. Because <laughs> so it's like that, that was... Like match sense and breaking up pins and stuff. Yeah, for, for excitement. Uh, in terms of, like, we gained a lot of fun stuff, but we lost the logic a bit. So yeah. I think that kind of hurt hurt the match overall because it didn't like it, it lost that logic that it had at the start. Yeah, maybe they could have fought this match out a little bit better. Thinking about that, like there was a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense going on here, and maybe a bit too much throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Like Habit kicking out of about three pile drivers in a row. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't like Canadian destroyers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it must have been very fun for the live crowd, but like watching it back on the it, it did seem just like uh, a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. I guess <laughs> you, you certainly couldn't accuse it of being boring. No, it was, it, it was, it was a, a lot of. It fun. was a great way to end the show. Uh, I always say that about like the hot starts of the show. A great way to start the show. This was a great way to end the show with like balls to ball stuff. Um, but in the long run, I don't think anyone will particularly remember this match as like a key point in the British Strong Style story. Not really, but then I, I would watch it again. It's the kind of match that I would quite happily sit through again just to watch all the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> it was a proper progress car crash, and you can never not enjoy them. Oh yeah, those are always fun. So uh, I think it's a good good way to end the show. Um, I think the crowd got a little bit miffed because uh, Havoc said he was cashing in his, his title shot yeah. in Manchester. <laughs> Manchester. <laughs> Manchester. Manchester. So um <laughs> that that was kind of the reaction. It was a bit weird. But um I do you think the makeup of the shows is, is, is that drastically different between Camden and, and Manchester? I guess it is. I Manchester always feels like the B shows. Just it has that taint, I guess. Like <laughs> nothing that they've ever done. Like they've always booked pretty solid cards. It's just it feels less like progress just a little bit like it's it feels less important just yeah <laughs> i can't really quantify it but no, progress feels but like camden and london they have had great matches in there but um the card for uh the manchester show which is coming around pretty quickly um is, is shaping up uh, really strongly already with what they've named so far and I am just scrolling down this because I can't remember the guy. Well, they've done the the Pete Dunne, Jimmy Havoc for the Progress title in an ODQ match, and hopefully they do go crazy with that. Like I want to see a proper Jimmy Havoc um, fuck shit up match um, all over the place. We haven't really had one since he came back. His mat, his no DQ match with Marty Skill got there a little bit, but it was still a bit not quite. Classic Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> I want to see Jimmy Havoc do what Jimmy Havoc does best. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it, since he uh, had one of those kind of matches. Like the, um, uh, I guess it was um, Paul Robinson. I guess was the last time they had like a yeah. proper like that. That was and a that, long that time. That was a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um. So, uh, still on, on the topic of progress, uh, have you seen Freedom's Road at all? 
I've seen bits of it. I've I've skipped over a couple of the episodes, like picked out matches, picked out bits I wanted to watch. Seen I've seen most of the backstage skits and then skipped over a couple of the matches. It's it's been interesting. Um, I think Travis Banks looked easily the best of, of any of them when it came to talking. Um, uh, Jack Sexsmith on on the recent one I thought was was pretty good too. Um, the next set of tapings. Uh, like Callum Leslie informs me he's going to have a lot of really good stuff on it. <laughs> well, they've got Matt Riddle, so that should be fun. Like, yeah, uh, I I literally just scroll past the um, the lineup for it. Uh, uh, sorry, it's just loading. <laughs> This makes great radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've got Roy Johnson, South Pacific guys, Earl Black, Daryl Ann, Laura Demato, Ginny, uh, Matt Riddle, obviously, Mambo, James Davis, Timothy Thatcher's there, uh, Rob Lynch, the other half of the rights, RJ Singh. So basically the guys they usually have, plus the guys over the 16 carat. Yeah. I could have sworn there was some other announcement on there as well, but it's that seems to be it. Um, yeah, I kind of lost track of my thought there. What were we talking about? We're all wandering off. Um, yeah, yeah, wandering off down Freedom's Road. Uh, shall we talk about WXW? We should, because I'm excited and you're excited. I'm excited. <laughs> We're going to 16 uh, carat, think, and yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it is happening very soon. Um, we, we're still not sure what we're doing from like a, a, a live perspective. We're going to try and tape some stuff like while yeah, we're there got, in Germany. I've got so. my voice recorder basically set up now, so we're just going to basically walk around Oberhausen and talking as we go, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully that'll make good radio. Um, We'll try and get some interviews in there as well, and obviously comment on each night as it happens. Um, I assume our hotel will just be like Podcast Central, like we'll, <laughs> we're battling with um, DKP down the hall. Yeah, well, Alan's in there, isn't he? And um, I, I know Ian and uh, old Bo's Johnny are there, uh, yeah. Galazzo's there. There's going to be a lot of good people there. And a lot um, of good wrestling. A lot of good wrestling. I expect. Uh, so I watched the uh, the show that's kind of linked. Uh, what am I trying to say? The uh, lead-in show for it, which is uh, Dead End sixteen, which was the uh, February the twenty fourth. Um, some really good stuff on this show. Uh, A four against uh, Brooks and Travis Banks in the opener. Uh, I was kind of hoping Brooks and Banks were going to win, but they they didn't. Uh, that was a really good opener. Um, Bad Bones, Robert Dreisker. Um, you, you were saying about Dreisker, how like he probably wasn't going to lose, but he lost here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he lost here, and it was because of Dirty Dragon coming out to try and uh, offer him support and ending up distracting him and costing him the match. Yeah, so more Cerberus drama there. C- Cerberus is just falling apart. It's, um, <laughs> it's created some bizarre goings on. Dirty Dragon um, is on the Bushido Sound podcast as a regular, and he's very entertaining on that. Um, so I'm, I'm a yeah, fan did, of Dragon. 
he did commentary on uh, on one of the shows. I'm sure we yeah. saw one of the shows. Like he's a, he's, he's a very first, offbeat yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't really fit the Cerberus gimmick, so I, getting away from that and sort of doing his own thing and Pats as a babyface is probably a good thing for him. I assume Cerberus will, will remain a heel unit, but yeah, uh, yeah Julian, Julian Nero had a problem with him, and now uh, Dreisker does as well, so that's pretty much it for, for Dragon, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, chances are he'll still be in the group uh, when Carrot starts, but that'll be it. You're yeah. going to get booted out. Um, we've got uh, Emil Satoshi against Michael Dante. This is another one that kind of caught me by surprise because Satoshi won and won, I'd say, quite easily. Um, I was kind of expecting Dante to, to put up more of a fight in that one. But, um, yeah, maybe he's just not being uh, booked by them going forwards because he, he kind of got squashed. Possibly. I guess they're building up Satoshi as well, so... Yeah, I, I like Satoshi. It's uh, it's a good spot for him. He, uh, I like that snapmare driver he does. It's a really cool looking spot. And after that, we had uh, Alpha Kevin and um, Mel Gray against Alpha Female and Marius van Beethoven. Uh, this feud has, has kind of gone from being like this comedy aside to being this, this violent blood feud. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a thing to watch at Carrot, um, whatever combination they're in. I'm not entirely sure, but that I, I don't be know, a feud that permeates through the three days. This this kind of felt like it was the end of the feud because they had, um, like, the faces won, uh, but Marius kind of ran away and left the alpha female on her own. Yeah. So I'm not really sure where they're going with that, but um, it was another good match. Uh, lots of lots of carnage. Uh, Marius throwing a chair at Mel's face, getting thrown through <laughs> tables, and it, it was uh, oh, getting choked with his own belt as well. It, it's just all, all kinds of uh, chaos like that. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, uh, Bobby Guns against Damak. Um, not a lot going on there. Guns that has like gaping flaws in his work that I, I wish he'd do something about because he's kind of a veteran at this point. And uh, like he can do... Uh, and Damak's got the same sort of problems where like he's very good at flashy stuff, but like he's not so good at the basics. So you've got two guys who can't do basics but can kind of do bits of flashy stuff and it just yeah, really didn't um, didn't work for me. But, uh, yeah, he got busted open hard way under the eye. Uh, Bobby, that is. and um, But somehow came out with a, a flash pin. So, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Guns is in uh, ambition, if I'm correct. Yeah. Like, he's not... He'll, he's... he'll see that. Yeah, I think that's probably about his level. But, um, yeah, he's... I, I don't think he's really good enough to be on these shows unless he makes some improvements. He had a very good match with Zack Sabre Jr., but it was kind of Zack just destroying him. <laughs> so it was it was fun, but it wasn't... Like, he really wasn't doing anything to, to earn, like, his half of the pay, uh, apart from being beaten up. So, um, after that, uh, Alexander James from, uh, from America, CZW regular against Ilya Dragunov. Uh, this was just a, a match to, to be put in here so Dragunov could beat someone. Um, uh, James is very, kind of, does a lot of very strong basics. He can structure a good match. Uh, Dragunov beat him. That was it. Uh, afterwards, Dreiska showed up 
and squared off with with Dragonoff, and they kind of hinted that is going to happen at Carrot, which should be fun. Dragonoff yeah. is a is a is a beefy Russian fella. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> it's just because he looks smaller than Jorsky. You don't kind of realize how big he is. Uh, that just leaves the main event, uh, which is Ringkampf, uh, Dieter, and, and Valter against uh, Jern Simmons and David Starr. This was really, really good. This was uh, easily the best match on the show. Uh, yeah, David I've been seeing Starr, a lot of gifts of it. Um, and yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, David Starr was booked very strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he kicked out of all manner of stuff, was taking a beating off, off both the, uh, the Ringkampf guys and coming away with his head held high. Uh, eventually he got pinned, but it's the fact that he lasted as long as he did. Yeah, uh, they had they had a lot of good storytelling as well going on there with um, uh, Christian, Mikhail, Jacobi, and and Carsten Beck. Uh, they were kind of fought during that. Uh, they've kind of hinted at issues within Ringkampf because Volta wants to be in sixteen carats, and like if he wins, he's been told there's no team orders, so like he can go after Dieter. And uh, obviously, Yearn is going after Axa Dieter, and it'd be interesting to see what, what happens in that match as well yeah. on night two. Yeah, a couple of very big matches um, for WXW at six, in the 16 carat um, weekend. But night one show will presumably be main evented by Volta versus David Starr, and they built that up really well. Um, Starr's talked about how uh, Walter was the first guy he faced in WXW, um, and he's never beaten him, keeps getting pinned by him. <laughs> it's it's all building up very nicely. Yeah, you got pinned again in this in this tag yeah. match. And obviously, night two main event um, for the title between Simmons and Dita Junior. Um, they built that up really well. Simmons is at the highest he's been in his run so far, like in terms of um, the quality he's putting out and how over he is. He's thriving as a babyface, and should be an amazing atmosphere for that one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That night two. Title match is always good fun. Um, so that is like we're, we're hyped for WXW. Um, if you're going, <laughs> um, come say hi. We'll be there on weekend. I know there are a bunch of guys coming over from the from the mm. UK. Uh, should we run down the the tournament first round and say what we're hyped about? Or sure, yeah, why, yeah. why not? <laughs> So, like you say, Dragonov versus Dreisker is one of the bigger matches in the first round. Uh, who do you think is going to win that? Because that's a fairly big name falling out in round one. That's a really tough call. Um, I think Dragonov has more upside. Uh, he's obviously in better condition. Dreisker missed almost an entire year. Um, I'm not sure if they want to put Dreisker through the tournament, given how much time he missed. And having him in this this massive feud with Dragonoff, it could help that that's how he's eliminated. But uh, I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. Who, mm. Who's your money on? I'm thinking Dreisker, uh, probably because he needs a bit more of a build than Dragonoff does. Um, and also last year, Dreisker missed out um, in 16 carat when I think he was on for a big run because uh, he was injured. So I think they're going to give that to him here. I think a lot depends on on how healthy he is, uh, and yeah. they will be sure to check in on that. Uh, ACH versus Mike Bailey for Flippy Do match. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of torn here because I know uh, Bailey's been there before, so 
uh, like he's more familiar with everyone. Uh, so I kind of get the feeling that he, he's likely to advance because of that. ACH, uh, however, is kind of a new commodity for them, and there's always a temptation to kind of push the new, newer, shinier thing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm just excited to see the match. I think it's going to be a great oh, yeah. match. It's and whoever, whoever loses that match is definitely going into the flippy tag match on, <laughs> on night yeah. two. Um, JT Dunn versus Marius Alani, two guys uh, with a lot to prove there, I think. Yeah, I can see Alani winning. He's been very strong recently. Yeah. Um, JT Dunn, I haven't used as much. Obviously, like him tagging with Hero was the big deal for him in in WXW. With with Hero gone, maybe he's not so much of a big deal. But it is a it is a, a chance for him to prove himself. Yeah. As a, a single oh, he's player. one of the guys who's replacing uh, Bait Seven and Dunn here. So. Yeah, yeah. He does feel a little out of place, but I feel like he'll deliver. So. <laughs> like any doubt about so. him should be gone by the time he's actually wrestling. Uh, I think Alani could be a real show stealer for this tournament, though. Possibly, they're definitely gonna want to make him look really good, and he's been very impressive in the tag league and stuff. So, yeah, um, he's one to watch. This is probably the most hyped I've ever been for a Timothy Thatcher match versus Kenji <laughs> Kanemoto. This yes. this could actually be really really good because <laughs> Kanemoto is not gonna be. take any of Thatcher's shit. It's, yeah, it's just gonna be stiff and. Yeah, they're gonna slap each other, and uh, it's gonna be fun. I kind of hope uh, Kanemoto wins, but um, it's basically not. With, but <laughs> the the, the, out, the outcome that I want is the outcome where I see Kanemoto the most. Yeah, well, he'll be at night two and night three. Yeah, just maybe not in the tournament. Yeah, however, I, however it plays out, I just want to see lots of Kanemoto. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the American Nightmare, Cody. Versus the Mac. Um, mm, this it's going to be one of them three stars, isn't it? Three <laughs> star matches. Co- Cody Rhodes is a perfunctory wrestler. Is what I like to deem him as. I think he's a lot of fun in like tag matches because he exudes a star aura. But it, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him like go above three stars in a singles match. So I can't he, possibly he get that. hyped for him in sixteen carat at least. Maybe he'll get like fluke pinned and yeah, I I think he's gonna win here. Um, progress quite deep into the tournament. Uh, like you say, he is very entertaining as like a bit player in, a, in in tags because he is a star. But um, yeah, singles matches don't do a lot for him. He, 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 he gets that... he gets exposed, I think, in singles matches. But like he can he can keep up with other people in like tags and like in like a maniac match like he had with Goldust in WWE those were his best matches because he was just flying around the ring taking hot tags um going crazy I think he's good at that it's just when he has to wrestle a full like 20 minute match it's when you realize eh, he's not actually <laughs> as good as he seems but yeah uh, I, I do enjoy Cody on some level I can say a lot of nice I, things I am looking him. forward to seeing him uh and you yeah. know why it's because I know he's going to be over, and when somebody <laughs> somebody is like massively over, which yeah. he will be, it's it just adds to the atmosphere in the building, and I, I'm sure he'll he'll be and entertaining in his matches. Yeah, he definitely has a star aura about him. Um, so I don't think I've see ever him. seen him. I um I have se- I saw him do a run in in a dark match main event um <laughs> like five <laughs> years ago. 
like one of those ones where just everyone goes to the ring and hits their finisher. I've seen him then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we have Donovan Dijak versus Matt Riddle. That should be pretty crazy. Um, I kind of have mentally, I, I'm picking Riddle to win it because um, he is one of the biggest star names that's in there. If he isn't going to win yeah. it, he's going to go deep into the tournament. So I can't see Dijak winning. Uh, I can see Dijak being in the the super fun tag match <laughs> in night two. <laughs> I, I can completely see that. Um, I do like Dijak. Um, I think it's a bit weird that he, the, the two Americans got paired up here as well as... Um, What's the other match with uh, like Bailey and, and ACH, both North American guys? Yeah, but, uh, I thought they kind of spread them out a bit better, but uh, I'm sure there's plans afoot for for later in the tournament. It's going to be good to see the bro anyway. Uh, Bad Bones, John Klinger versus Paul London, probably the most bizarre match of the anyway. <laughs> yeah. Paul, I'm just trying to think. The last time I saw Paul London live, I think he was tagging with Brian Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on <the laughs> Smackdown I've, I've seen um, him as uh, the Spaceman um, doing the Spaceman gimmick and fighting Kaylee Ray to a draw where they both pinned the referee or double winners <laughs> I think they called it um, yeah that, that'll be interesting to see I, I think <laughs> Bones is going to have a decent run here um, London again is going to end up in some kind of crazy tag match in night two <laughs> yeah um, and then finally, I presume it will be the main event, Volta uh, versus David Starr. Yeah, the way they're building it up, it's I think they want Starr to win. But at the same time, it would still make good storyline sense if he didn't. Yeah. Because he, like, he's tried and I he's just tried and he's tried and he just can't beat yeah. Volta. I assume in my mind that he's going to win and like really establish himself as a main event guy. But yeah, I could easily see him losing as well and just being like, fuck you, ring camp for the best. Um, <laughs> and that would make a hell of an impact as well. So definitely hype for this one in whichever way it it's goes. Still it logic, crazy. good logical sense. Yeah. Um, um, I we don't have any would like to see Volta go very deep into the tournament. Um, so that's my other reason yeah. for kind of wanting <laughs> him to, to survive here. We don't have any brackets of the tournament, uh, so it's a bit difficult to predict exactly who's going to end up where. But what, who do you see as like a final four out of those sixteen guys? Um, Jesus. Uh, well, Riddle. I think. <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> uh, Riddle. Um, whoever wins Dragonoff and Dreisker. Yeah. Um, uh, I, th I really hope Volta. I, I kind of think Star losing is a is a better story because it kind of just drags that story out. Like he just can't, he can't get past him. And fourth guy, oof. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, I'll go. I'll say um, Dreiska, Alani, Star, and Riddle. Um, conveniently forgetting Cody Rhodes's "I don't lose" clause. <laughs> um. He gets rolled up by a space alien or something. I don't know. Um, I'm yeah. I'm thinking that because those those are all like top level guys, guys they want to push, um, and I think they'll want Matt Riddle going deep, <laughs> and I want Matt Riddle going deep. So <laughs> that sounds wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> I I always find a way of phrasing things in exactly the wrong way. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm thinking yeah, Riddle Star, Alani, and Jiraiya as my final four. That's what I am predicting on air. Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw Alani into my the, the four that I'd said. I, I think he's a, a guy that uh, that they're looking at pushing, and I think he's really really good. So I, I think yeah. he's uh, a chance to break out here. Okay, so that that was WXW. Um, there were a couple of things that Rob wanted us to talk about. Um, first of all, OTT. Uh, we did a, a big show on them last time. Uh, talked about them for like an hour and a half, or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Uh, but there is more to talk about with OTT because since we recorded that show, they sold out uh, Scrapper Mania, which is a two thousand uh, two thousand tickets for the venue. Uh, that's very impressive. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, as Rob noted in on Twitter, um, they did that in the shortest amount of time than any other current. Uh, British indie or a European indie to get to 2000. They haven't, they've been around for only like two and a half years, whereas Progress were around for four years when they uh, got mm. to 2000 seats sold. Um, and ICW were around for about eight. And obviously, OTT have been like part of the Britrest boom. They've grown up around it rather than causing it like ICW and Progress did. Uh, so they didn't have, uh, they had a lot more benefits and it was an easier time for them perhaps, but also the speed of that sell out to get to this point their learning curve has been very steep as a promotion um yeah I, I think they're a little bit ahead of where they they needed to be uh, <laughs> um what i was saying last time about them not having people to come into the into the spots uh they're trying to rectify that now they had two young irish guys on the last show um yeah. so that uh, they're obviously aware of their of their faults and they're trying to rectify those. But yeah, the two thousand um, seats uh, seats two thousand tickets. That's a lot of tickets. It is a lot. With um, ICW selling like six thousand, it kind of overwhelms what you uh, <laughs> that kind of figure. But two thousand is a big number. It's a very big number. Yeah. So very impressive stuff by OTT. Um... Irish wrestling is back. Yeah, I'm sure there are, are other promotions in Ireland, but there's finding the top. But obviously, OTT is the big player. The big boys. Um, and the other thing uh, Rob wanted us to uh, touch on was uh, Fight Club Pro, who seem to have abandoned their uh, video on demand. Um, all the best was February the tenth. <laughs> and the the turnaround on these things is usually about two weeks, and as yet, nothing has dropped. Yeah, um, it's worrying. Uh, it's four weeks now since the show happened, and it does they, they kind of feel out of them. Yeah, they haven't even mentioned it, so it does kind of feel like they're not doing it anymore. Yeah, I mean that makes which sense is unfortunate. Since the promotion is. Basically built around Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, and Pete Dunn, who cannot be distributed. And Dan Maloney. On. <laughs> yeah, basically all half. The, I mean, I said this when uh, when the deal came up that Fight Club Pro would be the ones that were most 
have the most to lose from it and not just with the guys yeah. that they're, they're losing because they're under contract but uh like with nixon newell leaving um and they've lost kimberly recently is their promotion has been uh, gutted if they didn't use like tyler bates trent <laughs> seven dan maloney um pete dunn on the live shows then it would be like a threadbare lineup. They'd have to yeah. bring in imports just to make up the numbers. Luckily for them, they weren't making much money off of the VODs anyway. They're very much a live uh, show yeah. well, the, promotion. And the business. prices have gone up for the live tickets. Um, yeah. This this has been notable on the last couple of shows that the price has been bumped up. Well, that's justifiable when they're booking. A shitload of for, uh, overseas. Yeah, stars. for the talent that they've got coming in, yeah, I can completely understand that. I'm not yeah. going to complain about it. It's always a good night out. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of sad that uh, all the best won't see the light of day. It was uh, it was quite a good show. Um, yeah, very disappointed. I wanted to see CCK versus uh, Kaylee and uh, Kaylee and Nixon. Nixon. I, I think that was probably the best match on the show. The um, the work that. That Kaylee and Nixon did towards the end, all the double teaming stuff was was really good. Um, yeah, that that will not see the light of day now, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, it was good. I've got a first female fight club uh, earmarked though, since that's a show that won't end at like midnight. Uh, yeah, I may actually be able to get back without having to bother someone else for a lift. Well, there is the show on the. They're doing two shows, uh, March seventeenth and eighteenth. Uh, I yeah. stupidly bought tickets to both of them. I'm getting a lift on the Friday, <laughs> and then on the Saturday I have to rely on on transport. Um, that is coming the week after I get back from Germany. So <laughs> I'm getting back from Germany. They're forcing me to work the Friday and the Saturday because of not being there for the for the start of the week. Um, so I'm basically screwed. I'm going to look completely. If you see me at either of those Fight Club Pro shows, I'm going to look absolutely fucking shattered. <laughs> Your time will be very much dishevelled. Dishevelled, off center. Uh, I'll probably be like, you know, huge bags under my eyes, but uh, yeah. Also, Jack Daniels <laughs> in hand and <laughs> having a good time. Um. Is there anything else we have to discuss? Oh, I don't was... think so. Um, obviously, see you in Oberhausen if you're going. Um, say hi to the microphone. Um, <laughs> this, this is, a, I believe, a scoop. Oh. Um, and I'm not 100% sure on this because all I have is a message that says CCK did it. Keep it in mind, CCK, uh, as we are talking, are going after the tag titles in Rev Pro. So oh, boy, I think boys did it. <laughs> I think that might be happening right like right as we talk. So I'm just gonna yeah. have a quick look. Live at the cockpit is gonna be an enjoyable experience. And you can read my review of it when it when it's up on Voices of Wrestling. Quick quick cheap plug. Uh, there's a plug there. I, I've done that WWXW show and the Progress show, so the two that we talked about tonight, uh, they are both going to be on Voices of Wrestling. I've written those. And I guess we're splitting the 16 carat reviews because uh, yeah. Rob is <laughs> Rob is, is uh, like a rod through his back has uh, decided he's going to take on the WCPW shows. <laughs> 
a hefty weight so, to carry for Rob. Yeah, um, I do not envy yeah. him. It's like Jesus with the cross. Like, <laughs> <laughs> way up the uh, the mountain. I've forgotten the name of the. He decided. He decided to review WCPW for our sins. Yeah, it was, it was. He agreed to do like one show, and I think we just kind of got stuck with it. But. <laughs> um. So before we head out, um, if uh, you could head over and check out rearviewreviews.com, uh, which is my website on like on the side, um, that's where my reviews turn up when they're not on Voices of Wrestling, and you can follow me on Twitter at Arnold Furious uh, Ollie. Uh, you can follow me at another Ollie. Um, check out British Audio Wrestling, which is uh, my piece on the side as well. <laughs> um, I've got a bit on the side. And, and yeah, uh, read the Euro notes in FLW newsletter every week. It's good. <laughs> what, a, what a plug. It is good. And on that note, we are done. And we'll see you in Oberhausen. Good evening. Good morning. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.